0: You know the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time. So it's it's always effective, like in my parenting, right? Um, if I get stuck with like I don't know putting my kids to bed when they were little, the way this book told me to do it, right? Because even my book won't resonate with everyone. Right. And I'm doing it the same exact way, like 10 days in a row, but nobody's sleeping. know that's not working so it's time to try something new Mm -hmm. and sort of that philosophy has gotten me through a lot of tough times as an entrepreneur um and a lot of tough times like in my own negative cycle right like if i'm waking up every morning and saying oh my god like i had four meetings with this potential client and then they just strangely were like no we decided to go another way and i focus on that every day well huh like strange, it's not working, I'm not moving on to the next client, so I gotta try something new. Hello, and welcome to
1: the Three Uniques podcast. I'm your host, Brenda Rigby. I'm a business and leadership coach and entrepreneur. I'm a single mom of two teenagers and a purpose-led believer. My mission is to maximize the human potential by helping you unlock what's unique in all of us and design a big life that leaves you whole, grounded, And complete welcome to three uniques hi everyone it's brenda back again with another episode of three uniques today i have on frankie baghdad hi frankie how are you doing today
0: i'm great how are you
1: i'm doing so good so frankie just so everyone knows she's an author an educator and a therapist and we'll talk a little bit about who she works with but her book that's just recently come out i love my kids but i don't always like them So we're going to get into that as well today and learn about Frankie's three uniques. So um, Frankie, I know you're based out of Detroit. Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
0: So um, I have kind of a fun career story. Things sort of um, went in lots of unanticipated directions, but all worked out really well. Um, so I graduated from Michigan State as an elementary education major. And at the time in Michigan, um, getting a job to teach elementary education was really difficult, which is not where we are now. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I remember being in like this enormous job fair in any district, like within an hour from my house, the lines were crazy. So I ended up going to a table because on the sign, it said Birmingham, Michigan, which is a suburb close to where I live. And I sat down, it ended up being an independent school um, designed for children um, with learning differences. That was their term. And I connected with the head of the school. It was never my intention. There was a special education track at Michigan State. I didn't pursue it, but Mm -hmm. we connected. And they brought me in for an interview and that's where I started my career. So through that experience, I got my master's in special education um, and I went on to work at another independent school. And I realized that teachers were coming to me for support, not only in academic needs, but also in behavior. because it connects so much. When you have a child who's frustrated with material, I mean, they're gonna show us in a certain way. Sure. So again, I like fell into this behavior um, modification, behavior consulting career. I, I got sidetracked for five years um, in the best of ways and worked as uh, on the camp director team of a very large overnight camp, um, one of the largest in North America. And there, it was really all socializing and behavior. We weren't teaching um, conventionally. And uh, that's where I really started to delve more into mental health. So one of my roles there was to supervise our social work team. And I learned so much from just watching the way they interacted with kids and teens. Um, I left that program and started my own consulting company. And again and again was asked more questions about behavior, right? It's hard to parent, it's hard to be a classroom teacher. You're not just teaching academics. So when the pandemic shut me down essentially um, in March of 2019, uh, and we had all this spare time, which I'm not good with, I said, you know what, I'm going back to get my master's in social work because I've been thinking about it for 15 years. Right. I'm working mental health adjacent, but I want the rest of the information. So I have one more project to turn in and I'm done with that program. Um, And that's how I added the name therapy to my uh, my business so still working obviously with parents
1: with kids with academics teachers like helping them um, understand a little bit more like you, you bring in i guess the mental health component to it but even i would imagine like neurodiversity right just like we're seeing yes. so much changes in the way we learn and and how we practice mm-hmm. our learning uh, yes. not only in academic studies but even in the workplace i think we're now starting to see that hey, if we understand how our brain works we can actually yeah. be more effective in our business
0: and leading teams Yes. Yes. Finally, it you know businesses are realizing like one of the silver linings to this great resignation we're in right now and just the lack of staff it, across industries is businesses are being more creative in who they recruit and all of a sudden I'm seeing really really interesting programs where certain companies are realizing that by being scared, which is okay, that's the first step to embrace you know. Um, neurodiverse workers and by embracing it doesn't mean just welcoming like that's great but if you're going to welcome you have to support appropriately um they're tapping into a like a really talented source of um staff that they weren't before so yes um and so i say like my focus Mm -hmm. is um you know neurodiverse people kids teens and even some adults um, you know, and that could be autism, it could be ADHD, it could be many things, right. those that struggle regulating their emotions, um, which ties into anxiety. Sometimes it ties into sensory things. And then, you know, if you think about like, uh, like a brainstorming chart we did when we were little, there's all these little offshoots. And I, I take that focus and I might work with those people's indivi- those people individually, or I am um, helping their teachers, or I'm helping their therapists with techniques, or I'm helping their camp counselors. Um, I've stayed involved in the camping world. So something I do a lot this time of year, which I love, is I get to train um, camp staff. So it's it's been a wild, fun ride.
1: (laughs) Well, and I mean, even down that track, right, as far as camp counselors, I've had... um camp counselors, like people that have had camp counseling experience work for me on their on my teams, like later after they go to university, and then they Mm -hmm. become a graphic designer, etc. But Mm -hmm. it's such fond memories of early days of leadership, like it's such a great forum for young adults to start getting into leadership and understanding again, how to uh, get things done through people and and do it in an effective way versus command and control and recognizing how we can be really effective in our communication, decision making, Mm -hmm alignment. It's, yeah, it's a great, it's a great position. So the fact that it's even expanding with someone Mm -hmm. like you working with them, that just gives them even more, um, depth and breadth into their, their leadership.
0: Absolutely. And there's no other, um, job I can think of Mm -hmm. for a, you know, post high school, um, young adult Mm
1: -hmm. where they
0: may by, you know, 21, 20, supervise 30 staff yeah um and now they're not doing it alone like there's a whole you know there's someone supervising them and there's all kinds of support depending on the size of their camp but that's like an amazing opportunity they're they're supervising they're mentoring Mm -hmm. um they're having to like figure out these conflicts with staff that are not much younger than them and that happens right? right like I've I've had people supervise me who are old, who are younger than me. Like all kinds of things happen in, um, you know, organizations. So it really is an incredible growth opportunity for these young adults. I love it. So let's let's
1: talk about your book a bit. I love my kids, but I don't always like them. Yeah, as a parent, I can definitely say, you know, there's like a little bit of like, uh huh, yeah. I can kind of relate to that sometimes, right? Right. So, um, what was the impetus in writing the book? Was this something you always wanted to do? I mean, obviously interacting with children, teachers, parents, I can see the connection, but yeah. Right, right.
0: So the book evolved in an interesting way. I, it was not on my bucket list to write a book. And the reason is, um, is really about my own journey as a student. Like I never did well in writing because I cannot spell I can't use a comma correctly to save my life. Like my sentences are run-ons or they're too short. Like I try, it's not my, it's not yeah. my special skill. Um, and there was not a lot of like computer processing when I was in school. I, I remember using my mom's typewriter that did not work too many, too much wide out. Not until I was in college, could I really start to benefit from spell check, which wasn't so good yet.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: um, really this new genre of writing, this blogging, mm-hmm. um, really changed that for me because blogging's so informal. And right. like I can overuse exclamation points blogging and like it's okay. Right. Yeah, it's not,
1: yeah.
0: Um, you know, I can like put in words that are like not real words, but they're pop culture words and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um I'm quite you know, I still try not to get all those typos in there, but I, I'm somewhat more forgiven if I do. So once I started um, blogging, um, I was asked to write some blogs and I started my own. I realized that while I never pictured myself as an author, I've always pictured myself as a storyteller um, and a teacher. And whenever I was teaching a workshop to any audience, I always put stories in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the few months before the pandemic, I already was spending a lot of more t- a lot more time in my home because in 2019 um, or early fall, I was part of a, a massive layoff um, in the camp world. So right. that's and that's really what led me to starting my own company. But I was all of a sudden home a lot more. My camp job kept me very very busy. My balance was not good. Um, so all of a sudden, I really uh, I guess I was shining a light on my own parenting because I had the time finally to reflect and and do that. Um, And then, you know, when we got shut down, everybody started paying attention to their kids in a different way um, as much as they could while they were juggling work and whatnot. But I think we got this opportunity to see firsthand, like some of the things our kids might've been struggling with. Um, And really all of a sudden managing a lot of emotions my dog, of course, who I already know
1: that? My dog was about to pick up her purse squeaky toy, and I'm like, come on.
0: yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, always. You know, it's like I always say I got through the toddler phase, and now I have a dog who interrupts me all the time. Um, anyhow, so I realized that I had this amazing opportunity to take what I learned as a teacher to take what I learned as a camp director, um, to take what I learned by working on teams with mental health professionals and use it in my parenting. so many of us become parents and they hand that baby to you and you don't know anything about kids. Like that's not a requirement, but I was in this amazing position. So I realized that I had something to share and that parenting was really hard and it was getting harder by the moment with what we were going through. And so I wanted to put it in a book (laughs) and um, the title, like I love my kids, but I don't always like them. That's me. Like I'm a little too honest sometimes. Um, And I, I wanted to tell people before they open the book that's me like <laughs> I own it. Um but I also felt like if I put that out there that I feel that way as somebody, you know, who's had a career and kids, um then I would make it okay for the other parents who feel that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I there's definitely been times as a parent Relating to other parents and going, come on, you've probably thought that sometimes. Like you're in the middle of like a grocery store when your kids were small, and it's just like, Fresh. oh my God. If I could just click my heels, like, uh, you know, in Bewitched or Genie, I love Genie or something like that, and my kids could disappear or I could disappear, like things yes. would be happy. Um, sorry. Okay. I'm taking Squeaky Toy away. Uh, so, okay, Sadie. <laughs> Now I'm wrestling with her. She thinks it's a game. And I'm like, it's not a game.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I understand. That's my life here, too. So, um, and then
1: the, the part about writing the book. Mm -hmm. um and doing that i think that is just so inspiring for people that are listening to this podcast today or wherever you've shared that before because Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of times where we may even have that personal judgment like oh who am i to say um i'm not like ernest hemingway or whomever and it's just like you know like until you actually you know i I think the fact that you tried it like through blogging you obviously you know created some type of followership that was enough to even convince your own brain your own thoughts that hey you know what i can do this
0: and, and it doesn't mean that that like imposter syndrome just goes away. Like it's still there. I mean, it took a full two years from the moment I started, but just not that long. Honestly, I got lucky to when it came out and even, and it was delayed a million times because of COVID and whatever. But when I got that email from my publisher that like, it went to Amazon, I still was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Like, is anybody going to like this? Like, is yeah. it going to Useful to anyone, so yeah, it, it's it's a hard thing to do, and I always say like, yeah, I had to get past that sort of imposter syndrome, but also I realized that um, the greatest tool I had was to know to know those things about myself as a writer. Like I still can't spell like I did in fifth grade, so I invested time and and money to getting the right editor. Like I knew that was a non-negotiable for me right. um, and it slowed down the process and it made the process more of an investment, but it was needed. Um, and it was great that I had that opportunity. I didn't just not write the book and the same with my blogs. Like I don't put out a long blog that doesn't get another set of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do, you know, and I, I have a friend who writes for a big paper and like he just writes it and sends it, but that's not my skill. So, you know, just knowing like where I need the support and having the team, you know, makes a lot of more things accessible to me
1: uh i i love that example and thanks for just sharing that that's like you know and again for listeners that's totally like just impromptu that you shared it but i often talk about that with clients that i coach is we have Mm -hmm. these goals that we have in front of us and we make a lot of justifications or rationalization why we can't start the goal versus i think what you just did there was like hey here are some things that i know are going to get in the way of me doing this goal do I am I the only person that has to get this goal done? Like you know, I think we put so much weight on ourselves that I have this goal and like I'm the only person. Versus, I can bring in a team of people to help me get this goal. Right. And you know, who are the best people to help me like stay in my strengths and then leverage their strengths so we can get the goal done. Yeah, Love it. it's a great example. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and you're here today to share your three uniques with us. So mm-hmm. I'm curious and I'm sure our listeners are too, to hear about what makes you. Oh God, unique.
0: You have to remind me what I even said. Too. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, <laughs> I have to pull it up. I have some ideas, but yeah. <laughs> I have to pull it up. Um, I don't have it in
1: front of me, but yeah, like what sort of comes to mind when you think about what makes you unique?
0: Right. So, I mean, definitely like that story that I just shared, I, I think is important. Um, and it's really motivated, like, by some of my family history. So the storytelling is genetic. Um, so my father, who, um, you know, sadly passed away many years ago, he, as his side gig—they didn't call it that, you know, in the '80s—but he was a storyteller, um, and he would take like folk tales and fables and weave them into these long stories, and he performed them. So I think that's ingrained in me. Um, And his history is that he wanted to be a doctor. And he, what, like almost flunked out of college, um, not because he didn't understand the science, because his spelling was way worse than mine. And in those days, that was just, you can't spell, like you get D's on everything. Um, And that really did stick with me as I became an educator. Um, And we were talking offline before I started, like about how like even time management, right? Like I will talk to my clients and I'll teach teachers how to help kids with time management, but I don't always do it for myself. So, you know, creating an accommodation or a support plan is something I do with schools and children all the time. And I realized I had to do it more for myself. So that's one of my uniques is that I was able to um, get the accommodations in place to meet a goal, um, you know, of writing this book. So that's definitely um, one of them for me.
1: Hi friends, it's Brenda here. I hope you're enjoying our podcast guest today on the 3 Uniques podcast. I wanted to interrupt the interview for a couple seconds to let you know about Aligned AF. Aligned AF is my 12-month coaching experience for leaders and entrepreneurs up to big goals in their life, ready to step into their 3 Uniques, and fully aligning their life to their purpose imagine yourself living an intentional values driven life that aligns all domains professional personal health wealth and community impact you're generating a six figure and a multi-six figure business within your first year you're learning to love every failure and approaching new goals with possibility energy and love you're unlocking your potential and overcoming your limiting beliefs in a short period of time and you're shifting yourself from looking ahead to looking within to consider your choices your values and most of all your purpose you're identifying barriers examining their origins and recognizing and celebrating the range of unique skills and experiences you possess to propel you forward you're building healthy relationships and routines Setting boundaries around the things, people, ideas that drain you without feeling guilty. If you're interested in learning more about Aligned AF, my 12-month coaching experience for leaders and entrepreneurs, check out threeuniques.com for more details on the Aligned AF coaching experience or other coaching experiences and working with me. Take care, everyone. And now back to our guest.
0: The second one, I think, is just, it, it, I just, I have a new client who's wonderful. And I just did my first program um, with, for her. <laughs> and on her first meeting, she said, I have never been so excited to find someone. Um, you're a unicorn because she works for a like youth assistance organization. And she said, I support the public schools and the community education um, programs. And I have on my list, I need to find someone who can do uh, camp training for our community education camps, who can do a parent education program, who can speak to the high schoolers and do a library program. And she's like, I think you can do all of them. So I was like, oh my God. And I'm not sure like yeah, I might be the unicorn. I don't know anyone else doing that. Um, and it speaks to my strength of being interested in different things, but also something that I didn't always recognize as a strength. Um, when I was in school and younger, it was more, it was called distraction. Right. And was, yeah, it was, um, and I think for me, like being an entrepre- entrepreneur, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, opened up the ability to make it a strength where I can in the morning, go to a school and do a behavioral observation. I did that this morning, mm-hmm. come home and do a zoom with a business attorney to help me set up some paperwork, do this podcast. Right. And then I'm talking to an individual client in the afternoon and I got it. I'm going to do it all. It's all straight. It's all in its own buckets. Um, and I, I thrive on that where it would drive some people crazy. It would not be a good,
1: <laughs> a good yeah. situation. Well, and that's the, that's the beauty of um, I think your three uniques and, you know, when you said earlier about how, like, maybe back in like sort of an academic setting that you would have like grown up into, that sort of preconceived conditioning that we've all been like, okay, children should act a certain way, students should be a certain way. Um, you know, these are the three possible career paths for you accounting, medicine, or law. <laughs> you know, anything else you can't make money doing, whatever that, you know, sort of precondition, you know, thinking is that, um, you know, you've carved this path out for yourself and been really successful, written a book, have clients that like seek you out and that you provide this like, you know, specialized service for people that really need it. So it's a great example of where you've applied your uniques and now they're aligned in different areas of your life. Right. So.
0: Yeah, Yeah. thank you. And what would you say would be your third unique? Well, so the third piece is just, um, it has a similar theme and it's like really looking at these things that I thought might be my deficits and how they would be my strengths. So, you know, going through a layoff was a really interesting experience. Mm -hmm. And the timing wasn't terrible. And the fact that I was looking, you know, maybe I was starting to think about something different anyways. Like I I, I mentioned before my balance was really off and I needed to like spend some more time with my family, but it really had me reflect on, um, you know, challenges I had had in the past in other jobs, Um, all the way back to like when I student taught. So when I student taught, And I always think about this every time I get hired as an educational consultant, that I almost didn't finish my education degree, because when I student taught, um, I worked with a teacher who was very kind, and um, we we were very different, and she really wanted to, um, you know, they had a very particular curriculum, and she wanted to follow it step by step, and no judgment to that, that was just her, you know, um, priorities, and I was in a teacher education program where we were talking about like new and innovative ideas, and so for years the story I told myself uh, was that I didn't know yet when to be quiet, and like that was a hard learning experience. But now I know that sometimes it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong; I don't get to share my opinion, and that was like the narrative. And in in subsequent jobs, I did learn to be quiet. Right. Uh, And then like flash forward to when I started to be hired for leadership positions, Mm -hmm. Um, but not like the leader, there was still somebody above me in like a C-suite. Again, I started getting feedback of like sharing my opinion in the wrong way or at the wrong time. And so again, like the narrative was, oh shoot, like I'm doing it again. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's part of my ADHD. Maybe that's this, maybe that's, you know. And it was sort of like, it's been recent and it's still evolving. That I realized that maybe those weren't bad things. I was just in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, And if I didn't have those qualities, I couldn't be successful as an entrepreneur in my space at all. Um, And, you know, maybe I'm just not going to click with everyone because nobody does. Right. Just like, If you aren't so sarcastic and honest, like you're not going to pick up a book that says I love my kids, but I don't always like them. And that's okay. You're not going to like what's inside either. And there's lots of other books. Right. Um,
1: Everything you're saying is just like, so rings so true to me. And I talk about this on the podcast all the time. There's mm -hmm. 7.8 billion people on this planet. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be great to say, I want to try and connect with every single one of them and have the podcast resonate with all of them. Right. At the end of the day, it's okay. It's okay if like one person listens to this podcast today and gets something from it and it changes their life. Maybe they're sitting there right now thinking, I want to write a book, but I don't. I have all these fears about writing a book and they listen wow. to frankie you say hey you know what i got over my fears and i wrote my book and i had to bring in some help and you know but i got the book written and that might be enough for somebody and i'm like awesome that was a great day today i mm-hmm. served somebody in the best way possible so i love the fact that you know And sometimes we have to go through this journey you had to go through the schooling the jobs where people said hey you know what this isn't what we're looking for this is what we're looking for but somewhere in there you knew that hey if i just stood in my strengths yeah. If, you know, if I claim my uniques and just did them every single day, I'm going to feel great about myself. And now you're there.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as I did end up with some downtime, like being laid off and the pandemic, I did start to um read more about like female leaders right. in the workplace and realize that my um experience was not unique. <laughs> <laughs> no. Even yes. unique right. Yeah. Um That like there were other people who shared similar stories, you know, and in all of my, and in some of those, I don't even want to say like negative experiences because they all like worked in a way, but in some of my experiences in which I got negative feedback professionally, my clients were thrilled. Like I got great feedback from Mm -hmm. my clients, yeah, but not the, um, the evaluator.
1: Yeah. Like the, whoever was evaluating you on how you're doing it. Right. Yeah.
0: So you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, I, I'm, I, that's a, that's a, I guess, lifelong journey, but a major focus of myself now as I like, you know, get into my mid forties and, um, you know, I, I am, And my, my business is me, right? It's like in so many ways I have to sell myself and that's a whole new experience Mm -hmm. is really realizing how um, so many things I thought were like my negative traits that I have to work past. Mm -hmm. um, I just have to work with them and sometimes support them and do all those other things.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Even the situation that you just shared about you know, getting feedback, I often share this with women leaders and entrepreneurs that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's going to be lots of people in your life that are going to give you feedback, or hey, I've got a tip for you, or I've got some insight for you, or you could be doing this better. Um, really learn to start filtering out, setting those boundaries up around who are the people that love me, care about me, and have my back. And I'll mm-hmm. listen to that feedback time and time again. Because there's always that trust that's there. But if it's coming from a source and it may be the most educated expert source. But if I don't feel that connection of love, they've got my back. Mm
0: -hmm. I can
1: count on them, they can count on me, then I'll I'll listen to it. But I'm going to maybe put it over here, you know, and then when I need it, I'll decide if I want to take it, Um, you know, and that's where I think it's like just being really selective. But sometimes when we're also new in our career or new in a job, we're just gonna try and like you know please people, and so I've been in that boat. I know lots of other people have been in that boat, but I think it's it's through that journey that we realize, hey, you know what? I know actually the truth all along, and when I stand in my truth, it feels really good. So mm-hmm. it's awesome to hear like how your story has evolved to where you are today and yeah. these successes that you're seeing when you're when you're using your three uniques. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you do that like when you think about, um, you know, rituals or routines that keeps you in check with those uniques?
0: That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I find myself big on, um, I don't know if you want to call them like mantras or quotes or like affirmations. Um, when I start to sort of, fall in those patterns of like the, um, imposter syndrome or, you know, being worried that like some of my outspoken qualities are bad. Right. Not just that like they're unique and they go some places and not other places. I, I really like to like look for inspiration of like other female leaders and, and what they're doing well. And, um, you know, to me, like there's a positive piece of social media. Right. And there's a lot of um, (laughs) negative uh, press on social media in my space, Mm -hmm. but um, something positive I have gotten is just like, you know, uplifting uh, little like snippets and quotes that are, that are on social media daily. And I, I collect them and sometimes I put them on a post-it note and surround them, you know, myself with them. And it, it helps me refocus. It helps me be able to like talk back to that negative self-talk which again is part of my major focus as a therapist right Mm -hmm. um every person I worked with we had to talk about negative self-talk but it's hard to remember to do it myself so that's my technique that helps me the most um is to like pick one maybe you know I kind of go into phases where I have one that's my favorite Mm -hmm. and I I I stick with that so like an example um when I just shared I did a Uh, in-person event on Wednesday, which is amazing because I'm just starting to do them again. And it was a book talk and it was a group of parents. And I shared a quote that has stuck with me since high school when a, when a teacher taught it to me. And it's that, you know, the definition of insanity, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. And I think about that all the time. So it's, it's always effective, like in my parenting, right. Um, If I get stuck with like, I don't know, putting my kids to bed when they were little, the way this book told me to do it. Right. Because even my book won't resonate with everyone. And I'm doing the same exact way, like 10 days in a row, but nobody's sleeping, you know, that's not working. So it's time to try something new Mm -hmm. and sort of. That philosophy has gotten me through a lot of tough times as an entrepreneur um, and a lot of tough times, like in my own negative cycle, right? Like if I'm waking up every morning and saying, oh my God, like I had four meetings with this potential client and then they just strangely were like, no, we decided to go another way. And I focus on that every day. Well, huh like strange, it's not working. I'm not moving on to the next client. So I got to try something new. So, you know, I I like to, you know, sometimes even as an author, uh, gravitate towards the words of someone else, um, to bring me back to focus of what I need to be doing.
1: Yeah. I love the point too, about like surrounding yourself with those, those words because our brains will override a lot of our positive thinking sometimes because it's looking for patterns, right? It's looking for the comfort zone. And mm-hmm. so sometimes the negative thoughts are comforting because it just comes yes. to you naturally, like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, oh, no one's gonna want to work with me. And it's just like, oh yeah, that must be true. And yeah. so I think having you know, having those words around that really like lift you up, even if uh, you know, the cheerleaders that normally you have in your life aren't available at that moment in time.
0: Right. And yeah. The- Like they can't, they can't be there enough. Mm -hmm. Like if if we're only relying on our cheerleaders, you know, um telling us we're wrong, like we're awesome, that's okay. Like it ends up not being enough because even the best of cheerleaders have other things to be doing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it like we need to rely on ourselves. So um it's something I like and I, I teach it all the time to my you know therapy patients as a technique. And you know what, when it's not working, then I like get obnoxious about it. And I put that quote everywhere. Like I've been known to like have them on my dashboard in my car and my kids are like, what are you doing? Oh, okay, whatever. Um, and, um, you know, with therapy clients, we've been, um, using like graphic design software making these little cards that they can throw in their backpacks. And, um, I do it with like my own kids and sometimes they need 20 of them because they'll lose them. So put them everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes that I find resonates too with like some of my teens I work with who are are like, I'm not going to breathe with you. I'm not going to talk about yoga. I'm not going to like do anything mindful that feels way too cheesy, but they might find like, maybe it's a movie quote or like something their favorite YouTuber said. I don't know. Um, a TikTok sound like whatever. And they may, they may focus on that. There's no way they're calling it an affirmation or a mantra, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. Got it. Um,
1: and if I, I love asking this question of my guests that come on the podcast. If I was to give you a billboard and you could put it anywhere in the world and you could put anything on it, where would you put it and what would it say?
0: Wow. A billboard. Anywhere in the world, and I could put anything on it. Hmm. So interesting. Um <laughs> You know, I'll just go with the first thing that popped in my head and it's like totally not a normal place for a billboard. But I was thinking um, of really, I, I'm so focused on camp right now and I've been thinking so much about like what the gifts are of a camp experience and, mm-hmm. and really like connecting in nature, um, which is something I struggle to get to like, cause mm-hmm. I, I'm at this desk a lot. Um, so I think I would put a billboard like somewhere beautiful and, mm-hmm. and maybe an overnight camp and maybe a national park and, um, it would have to be him with trees though. Yeah. Not know.
1: an obnoxious one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a holographic. One. Oh yeah. Beautiful. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think it would just say stop, um, and just slow down and yeah. like realize where you are and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I forget to do it. Just stop, mm-hmm. you know, and, and notice where you are and listen and look and just be there. <laughs>
1: Lovely. Yeah, that's so important, especially, I think, for kids, right? It does become a really fast-paced world for them with technology, et So when they're in that camp experience, it's like, just take this time, whether it's for a week or two weeks, but just really connect.
0: It, yeah. And, you know, I I think one of the difficulties with technology, um, like I, I my computer yesterday was moving a little slowly. Mm-hmm. And I kind of laughed at how annoyed I was because I think ten years ago that would have been a totally appropriate speed. Yeah, like your modem, like you know, like the modem blocks, like top, you know, top line, like fast. But technology gets faster and faster, and so we're so conditioned to flashing and changing Mm -hmm. that, like it is really hard to appreciate like the view. Mm -hmm. And I do like I love nature, and I, I like I love a beautiful scene, but that's not fast, and it's. It's going to, it's stagnant some, you know, and it's like a constant, um, I have to really like work at it (laughs) to, to make sure I remember that I like slow too. Um, it's hard for me to remember that.
1: Right. Frankie, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today and talking to us about your book and what you do and sharing your three uniques. Um, what's next, what's the next goal for you? Like just in, you know, summary as we sort of close out the podcast,
0: um, So I, I'm like almost, almost, almost graduating with this new degree and I'm currently, um, uh, talking to people who are interested in therapy. So I get to really, um, expand professionally again, which is so cool. It's not something I necessarily thought would happen like at this, you know, in my forties, but, um, it's cool. I get to like reinvent myself, um, But not completely. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like expand, not in Yeah, evolve, evolution. Evolve, evolve. Yeah. So that's that's what's next. That's like what's really on my brain right now. And I'm really excited.
1: Awesome. Well, take care. And thanks again for being on today. And for everyone tuning in, as I said to Frankie earlier, that like there's 7.8 billion people on the planet. Get out there and share your three uniques. You don't know who's around the corner that needs that unique skill that you have or talent. And get out there and keep sharing them. Thanks again, Frankie. Thank you. Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's guest on the Three Uniques podcast. Uh, As always, we really appreciate your time and your commitment to listening to our guests every week. And we'd love for you to be able to share this podcast with others and encourage other people to get out there and share their Three Uniques. So please take a few moments to like, share, this podcast leave a review and let us know what you think and also let us know who you'd like to hear more from uh, what type of guests you want us to bring on for future podcast interviews thanks so much remember get out there and share your three uniques there's seven and a half billion people on this planet and somebody needs what you've got take care friends